I love getting back to the fall where we all connect up again and we're beginning uh, this series. It's a small group series. If you're not in a small group, then it's not too late to get into one. You just talk to Pastor Chris, who, the guy that was playing the piano, and, uh, and we'll get you into a small group. But we're, uh, we're beginning this, this new fall series called Respect. And uh, let me just say this to you. Um, many, of us, many of us don't really understand what that means. I think we think we know what it means. And so as we start this new series, I do have a bit of a concern that some of you are going to think, oh, I know all this. This is, this is Christianity 101. Uh, it's kind of Mickey Mouse stuff. Pastor Alan, can we get into the meat of the, the gospel? I want to just tell you right now, folks, Jesus himself said that this sums up the gospel. This sums up the Bible. And we're going to see that in just a few moments. But I'm going to tell you that if we don't understand this principle of respecting one another respecting the people in our lives, then we don't get Christianity at all. We really don't understand the teachings of Christ. So uh, you may have recognized the, that singer. Who was that singer that you just heard? Aretha Franklin, some of the old people know. <laughs> Aretha Franklin. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Uh, listen, uh, this song, Respect, was actually written by a man by the name of Otis Redding. And when he wrote the song, it, he had a, a completely different turn on it. I mean, it was, it's his song. He can say whatever he wants. But in the song, it's really about the story of a man, a desperate man, who's telling his woman, I'm going to give you whatever you want, but you have to respect me. That's Otis Redding's version. Aretha Franklin took the song, and she turned it on its head. And she says, baby, I got everything you want. But you got to respect me. It was revolutionary. Now, for some of today, it was like a big deal. But back then, that was huge. In fact, some say that that was really part of the beginnings of the feminist movement. Now, I'm not standing up here tonight or this morning uh, pushing any movement except the, the movement of Jesus Christ. Everybody understands that? And how many understand today that when it comes to respect, we husbands and wives respect each other? This notion, this, this idea that, you know, that it's, it's a one-way street that, that, you know, some men think, man, my wife's got to respect me, and that's the end of the story. But Paul tells us clearly in the book of Ephesians that we are to submit to one another, that we are to respect each other. So that's really what we'll be exploring for three weeks. Now, let me just say this. Um, as, we, as, we, as we look at this the story of Aretha Franklin... Um, what you need to understand is, is it's easy for us to talk about it. It's easy for us to sing about it. But here's what she says. We all require and want respect. Man or woman, black or white, it's our basic human right. Now that's a very interesting thought, which we're going to explore in just a few moments. I thought it was rather ironic. I don't know if any of you watched the funeral on TV. It was a five-hour funeral. That she had, and President Clinton was there, and and all the big names in the uh, in the African American uh, community were there, and I was shocked at one of the performances. You you, I mean, you could understand that in the course of her funeral, they're going to sing some of her you know top hits. It was Ariana Grande. Uh, Grande, am I saying that right, young people? Ariana Grande. Did I get it right? Thank you. She performed the song, Natural Woman. 
And I'm going to tell you, at first I didn't even hear her hear what she was singing. All I noticed is that she was wearing the shortest dress I've ever seen anybody wear in a church. It's a, imagine a cocktail dress and then cut six inches off the bottom of it. It was unbelievable. And, uh, and, there, and this is in front of these ministers who are sitting behind her. And you could just see them going, <laughs> not, not knowing where to look. And, you, I, and I, I knew this was going to happen. I just knew. In fact, I think I might have told Gloria. I knew that some photographer was going to get a photograph of Bill Clinton checking her out. And sure enough, I don't know if you saw that. There's Bill Clinton at it again. Now, I mean, look, at she, the song goes on for quite a while. It was inevitable that at some point his eyes would fall upon this woman. But I thought, how ironic that, that Aretha Franklin, who sang the song R-E-S-P-E-C-T, would have somebody singing in her honor in a way that is so utterly disrespectful of, first of all, those men who were sitting behind her, these pastors, and, of course, poor Bill Clinton. (laughs) Poor Bill Clinton. And in front of this church, with no regard for the fact that she's in a place of worship, a place that is meant, look, watch this, because some of you may be thinking I'm splitting hairs here, but in a place, in a church, where, where people are supposed to be pointed to God, not to people. Do you get that this morning? When you come to church, you don't want to be distracted by the people who are on the platform. You don't want to be distracted by anything. You want everything that happens in a worship service to point to Jesus. Does that make sense? We would call this a basic respect for God and a respect for the people that are there to worship. Now, I don't think she did it on purpose. I don't think Ariana Grande was thinking, Bill Clinton's going to be there, so i got to trap him somehow. I don't think that's what was going on. I'm sure of it. I just think, I just think she didn't have a clue. She thought, I'm doing a performance. I got to dress the way I would dress for any performance. She just didn't have a clue. And folks, listen, that is precisely the problem that we're seeing today in the year 2018. We don't know how to behave in public. We don't know how to treat people. We don't know how to respect one another. And so what I want to do this morning is I want to show you a simple definition of respect. It's from Cambridge Dictionary. And respect can be used as a noun. It can also be used as a verb. As a noun, it means politeness, honor, and care shown towards someone or something that is what? Considered important. Respect can also be used as a verb to treat something or someone with kindness and care. Now, you'll notice that I highlighted the words considered important. And the reason I've highlighted that is because as Christians, we understand that everybody, we are to consider everybody as important. Did you get that? Look at the person you're sitting beside. That person is an important person. Did you know that? And some of you are refusing to look because you're just not you're not believing that. The one sitting beside me is not important, so I'm not looking at him or her. Okay, back here, folks. <laughs> I'm important. Well, thank you, thank you. But you're important. Well, most of you. No, all of you. All of you are important. And as Christians, we understand. That this is 
precisely what we need to understand at all times in all of our dealings with all the people we deal with. Now, here's the thing. It's very easy to consider important those who are nice to us, right? People who smile at us, people who who let us in in traffic. It's very easy to consider important people who uh, are worthy of it. But what about people that in your mind are not worthy of it? Ah, this is where the rubber meets the road. Because it's easy to be kind to people who are kind to us. But here's what you need to see about Christianity. About the teachings of Jesus Christ. You don't wait for someone to be kind to you. You always, as a Christian, take the first step. Does that make sense? Now, some of you are sitting here thinking, I don't buy this. That's fine. But for those of you who want to follow Christ, and those who believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, the anointed one of God, if, if you're sitting here today and you believe that your job is to follow Christ with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, then folks, you have to consider everybody else as important. It's critical that you get this. I, I hear Christians say all the time, I hate this person, I hate that person, I don't like that one, that person's a jerk, and on and on and on. Consider this. Jesus calls us to follow in his steps. And the Bible is very clear. In John 3.16, some of you know it off by heart. For God so loved most of the world. Are you sure? The whole world. God loved the whole world. In fact, Jesus, when asked, how do I fulfill the law? And how do I fulfill the prophets? How do, I, how do I fulfill the scripture? How do I do everything that is there? Here's what Jesus says. Do to others, say it with me. Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is called the golden rule. And some of you learned it in school. Uh, some of you didn't. This, is, this explains a lot of bad behavior. <laughs> but understand, this is... The essence of all that is taught in the Law and the Prophets. Now, when Jesus said these words, you have to understand something. Uh, There was no New Testament yet. All they had was the Jewish books of the Law and of the Prophets. And so what's Jesus saying? He's saying, essentially, that the whole Bible can be summed up in that one sentence. Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. That's what the Bible is all about. From Genesis to Revelation, it's all about people who understand that this is how we treat one another. And by the way, it begins with God and how we, how we relate and react and respond to God. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. Do you want mercy in your life? That's why I'm a merciful person, because I need a lot of it. Ask my wife. <laughs> I need mercy. So therefore, I am merciful. I want people to be kind to me. Therefore, I am kind to others. I want people to listen to me when I speak. Therefore, I listen to others when they're speaking. Hey, have you, is this just something that that I have noticed? Or is this something that others have noticed? Have you noticed that everybody talks at once now? Has anybody seen The View? Nobody? That talk show? There's about five or six of them. The Chew, The View, the, the what? The talk, thank you. Uh, and it goes on and on. And if you ever listen to them, it's, it's a, like a little hand party. 
It's like four or five women, and sometimes there's a man thrown in there, and they all talk at once. This has become this is this has become the way that we interact with people nowadays. We don't listen to one another. We wait for per- that person to stop talking so we can get out what we're what we want to say. And so you get you could actually sit with a person for an hour or two, and you go away not feeling that you've ever been you've, you've ever connected with anybody because nobody listened to you and you didn't listen to anybody. Jesus comes along and he teaches us a brand new way of living, and it's called the way of respect. Doing to others whatever you would like them to do to you. Ethicists have called the golden rule the Mount Everest of ethics. Because when we, when we look at this, at this rule, we discover that if I'm treating people the way I want to be treated, unless you're a psychopath or a sociopath, but I'm talking about normal people here. If I'm treating people the way I want them to treat me, It radically changes our culture and our society. There was a time when we were, as a a culture or a society, where we were relatively Christian and we were devoted to this lifestyle called the golden rule. Now, can I just say this to you this morning? Aretha Franklin, and just, you just saw it just a moment ago, she called it the basic human right of every human being was to be respected. But here's what an ethicist would say. When it comes to the golden rule, when it comes to being treated with respect, it doesn't begin with the other person. And that's why we got major problems, why we've got battles going on, major battles in the U.S. and in Canada. We're all ready for a fight, the left against the right, women against men, and blacks against whites, and this religion against that religion, and and no religion against religion. You see what I'm saying here? Our culture, our society has gone out of control where we now disrespect one another. And it begins at the top and works its way down. But the ethicist says, it begins with you. So, well, yes, yes, it is a a human right. Or at least it is something that we should expect from the people around us. You have to understand it begins with you. And Jesus understood this better than anybody. If we are going to be respected, then first we need to respect Others. Would everybody say amen to that? Well, thank you. You can go home now. No, I'm not quite finished yet. I'm not quite finished yet. The Lord Jesus tells us that the very essence of the whole Bible is found in this simple rule. But the Christian has to understand that everyone... Did you hear this? Everyone is more important than himself or herself. That's, that's pretty tough. In fact, I can, hear, I can hear you maybe thinking, well, nobody can live like this. And the answer is, yeah, you're right. Nobody can live like this. But you see, those of us who have been born again, those of us who have accepted Christ in our, in our lives, those of us who have, have said, Jesus, you're Messiah, you're my Messiah, you're my Lord, I'm going to follow in your steps. Look at this, folks. Everybody who claims to be a Christian and has been born again has been given the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives in you and empowers you and helps you to live out that rule. Here's how we know that the Spirit of God lives in you because that's how you live. 
We could call it the fruit of the Spirit. The fact that you are willing to do to others whatever you want them to do to you. You want people to be generous with you? Well, then you need to be generous with them. You say, Pastor Alan, I'm not 100% convinced yet. Well, let me just share with you a scripture verse from the Apostle Paul, who doubtless is referencing this when he says in Romans 12, verse 10, be devoted to one another. Be devoted to one another. Totally committed to the other person. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourself. Look at that. The Apostle Paul is saying now what Jesus is saying, only in different words. You need to put others first. And we're going to be exploring that verse next week. Be devoted to one another. Put others before yourself. You know, I took a group of 50 kids to Expo back in 1987. It was in uh, 19... That tells you how old I am. You didn't know I was that old, did you? Uh, To our guest. (laughs) 1987, a 50 kids. And I thought, how on earth am I going to have 50 kids... 50 teenagers, raging hormones, uh, you know, and all kinds of issues. How on earth am I going to get them to Vancouver and get them home safely uh, in, the, in the course of two weeks? And as I was praying, God, God revealed that verse to me, Romans 12, 10. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourself. Hey, listen, I made everybody memorize that verse, and then we recited it about once every hour <laughs> when, we, when we started on our trip. It, it got to be less and less as we went along. But uh, you know what? Two weeks, 50 young people, busload of 50 young people, sleeping on, in, in the gymnasium, on the floor of a gymnasium in Vancouver, because we're doing mission work there. And you know what? No fights, no problems, no struggles. Nothing but respect for one another. I had a young man that was in my youth group at that time. When he found out that I was taking, uh, we're going with 34 of us to Banff, which we just did just a few weeks ago. You know what he said to me? He said, hey, Pastor Allen, Romans 12, 10. Do you remember that? <laughs> and so we taught them that. And I'll tell you, we had a great time. I can't say that it was as good as Expo, but it was pretty, pretty close. Here's what you need to know. Respect for one another is at the very core of our Christian faith. And I'm going to tell you this this morning. No respect for others means that you have no faith. No real faith. You say, Pastor, what are you talking about? Well, if you understand that faith means believing God and doing what he says, right? Remember, we learned that, right, everybody? Faith is believing God and doing what he says. God tells us to respect one another. So if we're going to believe him, then we're going to do what he says. That's the evidence that you have faith in Jesus Christ. You are obeying him. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey my commands, right? This is what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And so God tells us to treat everyone as more important than ourselves. By faith. Not because I feel like it, not because I think I've passed judgment and I think certain people are worthy of it. By faith, I take that step and I respect others. Not because they deserve it, but because Jesus told me to do that. I'm going to tell you, over the, I've been pastoring for a lot of years now, and here's what I've discovered. Those who by faith do what Jesus says, find peace 
and contentment in their life. Because now when they are respecting other people, they're doing it as unto God. Does that make sense? So when I respect my wife, I understand that this is sacred. I don't just respect her because I think she's beautiful and because I think she's, she's my best friend and because I, I think that you know I have to do it. I respect her because God tells me to. It's a sacred duty. I treat her, treat her with love, with dignity. I still use my manners. I still know how to say please to my wife and thank you. And guess what? I've got three adult children, and I use my manners with them, and they use their manners with me. It's really quite a wonderful place to live. If you need a place to live, we have a bedroom in our basement for 800 bucks. No, I'm just joking. If you want to live in a happy place, then you have to create a happy place. You have to create a happy marriage. You've got to create a happy family by exercising this golden rule. There's a study by Michael Norton who said familiarity does make us close, but it also breeds contempt. Did you get that? Jesus understood that. We always say at our church that, that life is about relationships. Look it. The closer you get to people, the, the greater, the greater the chances are that you are going to start taking each other for granted. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Just nod or wink at me. I know exactly what you're saying, Pastor. You should meet my husband. <laughs> you should meet my kids. Being together all the time, spending lots of time together, does make us close. But it can also breed contempt where we get angry at each other, we start making assumptions, where we expect others to do certain things for us, where we are demanding, where we uh, stop saying please and stop saying thank you and stop saying excuse me and stop saying sorry. We interrupt each other. We talk over one another. We forget our manners. For this reason, Jesus has to give us the golden rule because he wants us to be close. He wants us to love another, love one another. But then we need a rule to govern us in that relationship. And the rule is simple. Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. Now, here's what I, here's what, here's what I want to just look at for a moment. When we look at that definition of respect, let me just remind you what it says. It's a noun. It means politeness, honor, care shown towards someone or something that is considered important. I want you to see that this is an attitude that you have to have. The attitude or the mind of Christ. Did you get that? You want to have the mind of Christ. And the mind or the attitude of Christ is one of respect and love for others considering others important. In fact, Jesus considered us so important that he willingly went to the cross to die for our sins. This was his choice because he considered us important. Paul says, even while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We were not even worthy of it. We didn't deserve it. We didn't even care about Jesus. And yet Jesus said, I, I love Alan Duncalf so much, I'm going to die on the cross for his sins. And one day, God opened my eyes to see this. And that's when I surrendered my life to Christ. And I said, Jesus, I want to follow you with, all my, with my whole heart, with all my life. And wow, what a great ride it's been. 
It's a life of living like this, doing to others whatever you would like them to do to you. If you ask my wife and your, my kids, you'll say, I, they'll tell you, I, I've lived it perfectly. I've never ever. <laughs> no, but the Bible also says, thou shalt not lie. So I've got to be honest with you. There have been moments. There have been moments. And there are still moments. But I thank God for his spirit working in me and helping me to live this way. And the spirit of God wants to do the same thing in your life. He wants to work in you and through you so that you learn what it means to truly honor and respect and to care and show kindness and show politeness for one another. Have you ever noticed that almost all comedy, especially nowadays, um, uh, all comedy and almost every comedian gets his laughs from being rude or saying something disrespectful. Have you noticed that? And we laugh. Why do we laugh at these jokes? Uh, they, they are funny. I mean, it is funny. But why do we laugh? Because in our hearts, we know that this is incongruous, that this is not right. We know that this is not acceptable. It's unsuitable. And it makes us uncomfortable. And so, therefore, we laugh. That's how comedy works. The problem with this is when you begin to laugh at something like being rude and being unkind and and being uh, uh, impolite and dishonoring, is that you begin to think it's acceptable and it's an okay way to live. I remember when The Simpsons came out. (laughs) Here's a, here's a, 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 it's a comic, it's a, it's an animation geared towards kids. And in the show, you all know what it is. In the show, they get their laughs by being extraordinarily impolite to one another. And most of the comedy centers around Homer and Bart. In case you don't know about it... Um, I don't recommend that you necessarily go watch it, but I'm going to just quickly tell you what happens. Bart disrespects the police. He disrespects his teachers. He disrespects his parents. He disrespects uh, his friends. He disrespects the smart kid in school. He disrespects the polite kid in school. He disrespects his sister. His sister is polite. She does everything right. She, she wins awards for being a good student. She always wants to do the right thing. And, of course, she doesn't make you laugh. But Bart makes you laugh because he, first of all, calls his father Homer instead of dad. And uh, he basically breaks nearly all the Ten Commandments. Now, here's the problem. I mean, look, I'm not stupid. I see the humor in it. In fact, sometimes I, I, it's, it's very funny. But here's what you need to understand. Is that this becomes now acceptable. It becomes the norm. And this it was for this reason we never let our kids watch Simpsons, The Simpsons when they were little. Because we did not want them to believe or to think that being disrespectful, that being rude was okay or was the norm. This is the culture now that we're raising our kids in. In a culture where nobody respects each other. Where we say whatever we want, we break rules, we we do whatever we want, and we do it because we are a law unto ourselves. Folks, this is the human condition. I'm going to tell you, nothing has changed since Jesus first came to this earth. 
And it's for this reason Jesus comes along and he teaches us to do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. Do you know, uh, the, the queen was scheduled to go and visit a soccer team up in Manchester, I think it was. And she couldn't go because she was ill, which is, almost never happens to the queen. But uh, she felt so bad about it. I mean, she sent her husband up. She sent Philip to go in her place. This was a few years back. But she felt so bad that she was unable to be there. She felt so bad that she was not able to honor her commitment to these men. I get this. This is the queen being concerned about honoring these soccer players. That what she did, she invited them all back to Buckingham Palace. Isn't that cool? Now, these guys, they are, uh, they are the roughest and the toughest and the meanest. And they use some fairly salty language, if you know what I mean. They all show up at the Buckingham Palace, not wearing shorts and not unshaven. They have hair slicked back, shaved, beautiful suit, ties, jewelry, nice shoes. And they're all standing politely. And when the queen comes in, and begins, they bow to her, and it's, Your Majesty, and thank you, Your Majesty, for the honor of being in your home. What's happening? These men are respecting the queen. They're respecting her position. Now, I'm sure that this is exactly what Jesus had in mind when he taught us this golden rule. This is how we treat each other. The way you would treat the queen. That's how I try to treat my wife, as though she is my queen. And she is. And you know, the the amazing thing is she treats me like I'm Prince Philip. No. (laughs) She treats me like I'm the king. You can see how you'd have a wonderful marriage if that's how it works. Someone asked me, what is the secret of your happy marriage for 29 years? I can tell you in one word. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Now, can I just remind everybody something? The queen had these soccer players into her home. What a lot of people don't know is that the queen is actually a very devout Christian. And in her heart, in her mind, not being there when she said she promised she'd be there, and not being there, she felt that in some way that was not respecting these men. The queen never misses an appointment, and I'll tell you why. Because she respects the people over whom she is queen. Folks, this is what God has called us to. There's another study done, and, this is, and I'm going to close with this. There's another study done, and the question was this. What makes people happy? When the, when the uh, people that came up with this um, this study was led by Cameron Anderson, and the name of the study was called The Local Ladder Effect, Social Status and Subjective Well-Being. Here's what he found. He said, we thought, that when we went into the study, we thought that if people had, could be raised out of poverty and, be, and, and have enough money, have all their needs met, if they would have status, that this would give people a sense of happiness and well-being. And he said, to, to our surprise, that is not what happened. In fact, there's many people who win lotteries. And in in many respects, they're more unhappy now than they were before they had that money. People who have have achieved fame 
and are well-known, unhappy people. Here's what makes people happy. It's being respected. Now, anybody who says Christianity is all about rules, 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 and God is a cosmic party pooper, he wants to take away my happiness. No. Jesus wants you to be happy. He wants you to have a fulfilled life, a satisfying life, an abundant life. But the way that that's going to happen, folks, is through the golden rule. You see how important this is? Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. And here's why. Because when you respect people, you make them feel happy. And when you are respected, then you are happy. But it begins with you. Would you stand with me, please? God, thank you. Thank you this morning for sending us Jesus, who didn't just come to die. He came to live. He came to show us how to live. He came to teach us how to live. And God, right now, we pray that as we leave this auditorium, we would, each and every one of us, leave here prepared and willing to live out the golden rule, doing to others whatever we want them to do to us. It begins with us, God. And we're asking for the grace and the strength. We're asking that your Holy Spirit enable us and empower us to live out this golden rule. Knowing, Father, that that is where our joy and our happiness will come from. And knowing, God, that that's how we will bring happiness and joy to others. And we, and we, we want to do this in your name and in the power of your spirit. And we pray it all in Jesus' name. And everyone said it with me? Amen. Tell the person beside you. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you.